Welcome to the Practical Employment Law Podcast, a podcast covering all aspects of American employment law. I'm your host, Mark Chumley. As we come to the end of the year, the topic that remains on everyone's mind in the employment law world is the state of the various vaccine mandates. In honor of the famous holiday song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, I'm going to give you 12 thoughts on the vaccine mandates. So let's get to it. Number one, a partridge in a pear tree. Let's start with the latest update on the mandates. As of now, the CMS rule, applicable to healthcare facilities receiving Medicare and Medicaid funds, and the federal contractor rule, both remain subject to nationwide stays. However, in a move that surprised many, the stay of the OSHA Emergency Temporary Standard was lifted by the Sixth Circuit last week. The decision, which came on the same day that the Eleventh Circuit affirmed the federal contractor stay, was immediately appealed to the Supreme Court. In the meantime, OSHA announced that employers will have until January 10, 2022 to comply with the standard other than testing and until February 9, 2022 to begin testing procedures. Number two, turtle doves. What will the Supreme Court do? Hard to say, but one can hope that we will finally get a little clarity on the broad question of whether agency action is going to be permitted to govern the vaccine mandate issue. The briefing deadline in the Supreme Court case that is now pending is December 30th, so hopefully the question will be answered early next year. Number three, French hens. All of this puts employers in a bind with regard to timing. In the usual course of things, very little gets done between now and the end of the year, and some employers are playing a game of chicken here, hoping that the Supreme Court will put an end to the mandates. The problem is that if the decision goes the other way, or doesn't come before the deadlines expire, employers who have not started the process of compliance will have very little time to get things in place before the final deadline of February 9th. Number four, calling birds. In my experience, most employers who are over the 100 employee threshold are taking steps to get a plan in place to comply if it becomes necessary, but most have not actually implemented any of their plans at this point. I think that is probably the most common approach, but some employers have simply gone ahead with mandates and various approaches to exemptions and accommodations. A lot of this depends on the nature of the workforce employers are dealing with and their business, so one size does not fit all. Number five, gold rings. Even apart from the administrative difficulty of compliance with the OSHA rule, employers are preparing for the cost. This comes from lost time for testing, turnover costs for employees who leave, and costs for testing if it's allowed. With the testing, employers will have to pay non-exempt employees for their time getting tested. For this reason, many are buying and administering tests themselves, but that can have a significant expense associated with it as well. Number six, geese laying. Another issue many employers are struggling with is how to handle accommodations. Obviously, consistency is key, but how to ensure consistency is a tough question. In general, decisions need to be made through a limited control group, but this may be quite burdensome for that group in some workplaces. The other important thing to remember with accommodations is the importance of documentation. If it's not documented, it won't do you much good if you end up in a lawsuit. Number seven, swans are swimming. Many employers say that their goal is to avoid turnover, and for that reason, they want to offer testing. 
If there is turnover, it will likely come after the policies are in place and in practice. I suspect some will not like the testing and masking rules and may decide to look for a smaller employer who doesn't have to comply with the OSHA emergency temporary standard once those things are in place. So for all the effort and expense, turnover will likely still be a problem for employers with over 100 employees, so plan accordingly. Number eight, maids and milking. I have heard from several employers that employees who want to leave companies will not quit, but will refuse to comply with policies in order to force their employers to terminate their employment. The thinking is that this may allow them to seek unemployment benefits or bring employment law claims. This is also being discussed widely on various internet sites, so be prepared for this scenario. Number nine, ladies dancing. Another difficult issue for employers is the impact of state and local laws. In some states that have outlawed vaccine mandates, employers may be subject to state law liability if they follow the OSHA mandate. In other jurisdictions, laws state that fully vaccinated status comes only with a booster shot, so compliance with the current OSHA standard may fall short. Employers operating in multiple locations need to add a survey of state and local laws to their ever-growing to-do lists. Number 10, Lords a-leaping. For companies operating in the business-to-business space, the OSHA rule may apply indirectly even if they are under the 100-employee threshold. For instance, if you have customers who have implemented vaccine mandates that they extend to vendors and contractors entering a facility, you may have to manage an indirect mandate for employees who need to service those customers even if you have less than 100 employees. This may require figuring out what customers will allow by way of accommodations or restructuring assignments to comply with customer requirements. Number 11, Piper's Piping. Another issue that many employers need to consider is what to do with their unionized workforces. Employers do not have to bargain over the mandatory aspects of the OSHA emergency temporary standard, but they must bargain over the effects of the implementation of the standard. This includes issues like whether to allow testing, who bears the cost of testing and masks, the amount of paid time off allowed for vaccinations, and how to handle non-compliant employees, just to name a few issues. Given the short time frame for compliance, if the emergency temporary standard proceeds on its current schedule, it could be difficult to work out these issues in time. And number 12, drummers drumming. At this point, there is a lot of uncertainty and anxiety about the mandates. As employers plan for compliance, it is very important to communicate with employees and let them know what is happening. This may mitigate turnover, at least in the short term. There you have it. 12 thoughts about the mandates in less time than it takes to sing the song. The only remaining question is who would want the gifts from the song anyway? So many birds. It's kind of gross. This has been the Practical Employment Law Podcast. Thanks for listening. Please watch for future episodes wherever you get podcasts. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. If you would like to contact me about any aspect of the podcast, my email address is mchumley at kmklaw.com, and my full contact information is in the show notes. This podcast was created for general informational purposes only and does not constitute legal advice or a solicitation to provide legal services. 
Although we attempt to ensure that the podcast is complete, accurate, and up-to-date, we assume no responsibility for its completeness, accuracy, or timeliness. The information in this podcast is not intended to create, and listening to it does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. Listeners should not act upon this information without seeking professional legal counsel.